Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we've been covering, of course, there's uh, a lot of financial fights uh, getting ready in our nation's capital as Congress returns to work. Of course, the $1.2 trillion bipartisan package, the $3.5 trillion, which many say was probably closer to $5 trillion uh, infrastructure plan that will be done through reconciliation. And now we're hearing rumblings that we actually don't have any money anyway. And so we have a debt ceiling problem that we're going to have to deal with as well. And if you think it's just simple dollars and cents, there's a lot more to it. Let's get beyond the headlines. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Well, when we get to these things that are going to take place in Congress, we always turn to uh, our inside source, James Walner, senior fellow at R Street Institute. And uh, James joins us to talk about what is going on? And then we have this pesky thing called the debt limit. And I think every politician has now become afraid of the words, the words government shutdown and how that's all going to play out in a series of I'm going to predict fake fights, false choices and a lot of rumbling and grumbling. Uh, James, help us see our way through this. Uh, what should we be watching for? Let's start with the with the debt limit. Just give us a, a primer. What is it? What does it mean? And why should we be worried about it? So the debt limit is the overall cap on how much the American people allow their government to borrow. And it was created first in 1917. Prior to that, uh, Congress would approve uh, every time Congress or the Treasury wanted to borrow money to fund its operations. It would come hat in hand and Congress would say, "Okay, here's some authority to do that, some power to do that. Well, since 1917, we've had this overall comprehensive cap on how much debt we can have. And that means that the government can borrow as much as it wants for whatever purpose it wants, so long as it's staying beneath that cap. Um, Of course, it never stays beneath that cap, and that cap has been routinely raised uh, since then. And it looks like it's going to be raised here again pretty soon. You know, so the sun rises in the east and Congress raises the debt ceiling. Yeah, and this is uh, equal opportunity offending moment. Uh, Both Republicans and Democrats have uh, spent wildly uh, and well beyond our our means. And so we we keep raising that debt limit. So let's talk about it in some real practical terms in terms of what happens. What happens if we don't raise the debt limit? So there's a lot of talk about a balanced budget constitutional amendment. If you don't raise the debt limit, you're essentially balancing the budget overnight. 
You basically say the money that comes in equals the money that goes out. You can't make up that difference in any way. And so that means that the government would um, have to choose what it pays for. And it has to choose what it sends that, that incoming tax revenue to fund. And my guess is it would fund uh, our interest on our debt because that would be a, a default. It probably wouldn't pay the people to cut the grass on the National Mall. Um, but it would create a lot of uh, crisis. It would create a lot of uh, sense of crisis and uncertainty. And that's precisely why the debt limit and the need to raise it has been used as a source of leverage by both parties over the years. And the Republicans right now, what's interesting to me is they're not even using it as a source of leverage. They're just trying to cast it off onto the Democrats and say, you do it, you raise it. And they're not asking for anything in return. And so why is it that we can't uh, get back to that uh, 1917 model where any time the government is going to spend, it should have to actually go through the people who are supposed to hold the purse strings and authorize uh, that kind of spending? How did we get so far afield uh, where we're just, you know, raising it in increments of trillions. Uh, and we even had one period not too long ago where we just sort of had a, a Mardi Gras. We just suspended it all together for a season so we could just spend whatever we wanted. Right. And that's, look, the great thing about American politics is that we can do whatever we want to do. The people alone are sovereign. We're the ones who make the decisions. We are the ones who have the authority and dole out the power. It's up to us to decide how we want to do it. But you're right. Thus far, there isn't a desire for that kind of conversation. And in fact, since 2015, we have adopted a new way of going about raising the debt ceiling in Congress. And this is both parties, not just Democrats and not just Republicans, where we eliminate the debt ceiling altogether. Prior to that, we would increase it by a certain specified amount. We would write down in a bill, change this much in the United States Code, change this number to this higher number, and that would accommodate more debt. Lawmakers didn't like doing that because then they could be attacked during campaigns for voting for X dollars worth of debt and adding that to our, you know, the burden that our grandchildren and, and great-grandchildren will face. So instead, we just vote, hey, between now and, say, two years from now, there is no debt ceiling. The government, the government can borrow as much as it wants. There's no limit whatsoever. And on this date in the future – which is way, way, way off, the debt ceiling will be reinstated at whatever level of debt the government has acquired since then. And that really is pernicious. And that's why, and I expect that's the approach that we're going to see again in Congress uh, right now. There's some debate over that. But, but this is a really big issue, and it's, the American people can change it if they just say, look, we want to make priorities, and we think this is important and this isn't important, and there isn't any free lunch. Yeah. So I wanted to dispel some of the myths and some of the fake fights and false choices that will undoubtedly be presented over the next couple of weeks. You know, one, as, as you alluded to, the government, if we didn't raise the debt ceiling, there's still money coming in. And so we would have to prioritize. And I'm sure we would, you know, take care of our interest on the debt and our, our military and our Social Security and a lot of those critical things. So this is not a, an all or nothing uh, moment for sure. Is that right? That's correct. It's not Armageddon if the debt ceiling isn't raised right away and we can't borrow any money. We saw this in 2011. The Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, afterwards testified after this debt ceiling fight that they were beginning to set up processes to try to identify uh, which things they think are important to fund. And no surprise, it's interest on the debt. If you don't pay the interest on the debt, if you don't pay the credit card bill, if you don't pay the mortgage, that has a bigger impact 
than choosing not to pay your cable bill. Your cable bill gets turned off, right? I mean, right. yes, it's not great, but you can still deal with that over time. And we saw that. And incidentally, a lot of tax revenue comes in in the fall. I mean, if right. you're aware, if you're a small business owner, if, if you have to pay quarterly taxes, tax revenue comes in in choppy increments. And, and the, one of those times that it comes in pretty high is in the fall. And our spending is very choppy as well. And one of the times our spending is highest is also towards the end of fiscal year because government, uh, different departments and agencies are trying to spend everything they have, even if they weren't planning on it, because they don't want to get cut in the following year. And so I think it's really important to to kind of keep our level head here and to say what's really happening yeah. and to try to like look underneath um, all of this bluster to say what are the true consequences. It's not all going to be great. It's not all rosy. Sure. But is it as bad as people make it out to be? No. And I think that that's the kind of uh, mentality we need to be as the American people observing this process over the next three or four weeks. Uh, so important. We're going to have you back uh, as we get into this battle, uh, just to make sure we keep dividing the rage from the reason and we elevate this conversation to what is actually happening, where the false choices are, where these fights that are great for fundraising dollars but are not, not good for the republic or the American people. James Walner from R Street, uh, thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, again, this is going to be a real battle in the coming weeks, and we need to make sure we're getting down to the facts. There'll be a lot of Armageddon predictions, fiscal cliff predictions, uh, dire straits for grandma being pushed off the cliff and people not getting payments. Uh, all of those things uh, are not necessarily so. We need to have a different discussion. We have to get this under control. This is a national security issue in our debt and our deficit spending we got to get it right, but we got to get past the headlines. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.